1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steeler's Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell with Marky D, Marky Davison. How you doing, mates? Hey, what's going on? Welcome, BTSC listeners, to Touch Down Under. <laughs>
0: touch <laughs> Down Under. Oh, I can't what? believe we still have a role. We, how, how do we still have a job? What's going on? I
1: don't know. Hey? I can't believe we haven't hit that. <laughs> Oh, Mister Benedict in the house. j Devils in first, as always. Um, you know, it's just expected now, um, leading from the front. But uh, yeah, no, it's um, we have a job because you know we do things like the pizza podcast. Um, hey. Some rather memorable bits. Do we want to? Do we want to start off with that? I'd homemade pizza twice this week, man. I'm loving my. Homemade you had pizza. you had
0: homemade pizza.
1: Yeah, we buy these bases and it's really quick. And you just shove it in the oven. It's great. And in the summer, I'll get it going on the smoker. Imagine like, oh, I can't wait to do the smoked yeah. pizzas.
0: I got I to I ask you a question. Have you ever had, uh, this is probably a dumb question, calzone? You know
1: where it flips over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to mm. love them. I used to love like a meat lovers or like a pepperoni calzone. But um, problem for me is because of my gluten allergy, like which got diagnosed later on in life, explains a, a lot of trouble I had through my teens and early 20s. You can't, I've not seen anyone bring out the base, like the, the right base that's got the gluten out of it to do the calzone. But like when they do, I mean, you could make your own dough, but like I've done those, I've done some pizza making courses before. And like, you don't want to be doing that. Wait, 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 wait. Work.
0: You've done yeah. some pizza making courses?
1: Yeah. I've been in two companies where we did them for like team building activity. So you literally get everything. Oh, okay. Like there's no dough or anything. And like you put it down and then you like knead the dough and, do all that stuff, and mate,
0: yeah. I I literally worked for Pizza Hut for nine years. <laughs> I, could, I could I could have taught you how to make pizza. Yeah, but I'm talking I about like dough. from
1: scratch, like the flour
0: and the you know. Yeah, I made know. I made pizza from scratch it's and not the like, yeast it's not like, and
1: all that. We don't
0: the Pizza Hut didn't get their bases delivered in. We made everything. I can make a uh, I can make a batch of dough with in about thirty one minutes. I think it was yeah, right. Like this just cut it all out, make it forty-eight. Basis. It's like that classic
1: maths question when you're at school: how many burgers can like this person, if this person puts more burgers than that one? How many burgers can the McDonald's have in an hour?
0: Uh, I, I was a king, man. I was, I was, uh, I was a good uh, pizza hut employee. I was all right.
1: I love how Jay Devil brings up: if you ain't first, you're last. I love that. It's so true. It's like my grandmother used to say: like winning isn't every everything, but no one remembers anyone that came second. See, Vincent gets it. I worked
0: at Pizza Hut too. We did everything. Yeah, man. I, I did all the dough. I did, like, your proof. I uh, don't no, you know. I, I, just, I man, assume I killed lot it.
1: frozen these days. Like, just
0: like uh, I'm not sure about now, but back in the day, we used, I used to make, like, five or six batches of, you know, uh a shift. Good times. My first <laughs> my first ever job was me washing dishes in Pizza Hut. It's great.
1: Now, I love this from Quality Colas. I hope I've said that how exactly you want. We listen on Apple Podcast. Awesome. Awesome. So we get a lot of BTSC listeners. Um, I'm a BTSC Spotify person, but just that's because I like the app. Um, but glad to hear that we're a favorite, but we love being part of the network. I say welcome to have Mr. Benedict in the house as well. Um, but Mikey D, this today's show, obviously we focusing on the offense last week and what we wanted to see out of training camp and preseason because, you know, you and I talked a lot off air and I sort of really hitched my wagon to the fact that it's all well and good to see things in the training camp on the, you know, on drills, but it, it's different when you're playing against another team. Um, so, you know, I really want to focus on that defense, but about an hour or so ago, two hours ago, as you and I were waking up and grabbing first coffees of the day and, you know, doing all that sort of stuff, the Steelers released their first camp depth chart, which is actually a requirement. And it's a pretty funny article on, on Steelers.com. that basically said that Mike Tomlin's just doing this for the sake of it kind of thing having a bit of fun with it. You know, we've got some either-ors in some positions. Um, Look, I think some fans, you know, we'll see it on social media, oh, this person was listed first on the depth chart, and it won't really matter because it doesn't – this isn't the depth chart probably even for the first preseason game. Um, But is there anything that you felt or anyone that you felt, I guess, could take stock of the position that they're being labelled in? Like, is there anything – Realistic that the steel fans can draw from this first release of the depth chart.
0: I'd, I'd probably say that um, Kevin Dotson and Green sharing the guard position was quite interesting. So that that you know he played center last year, and now that 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 on the depth chart they're sharing a position says he's not he's not going to play center. So I would say um, maybe take a bit of stock in that. And also the Bush and Spillane uh, middle linebacker spot they're sharing first. So. Are they doing that on purpose to create some news and headlines? Because obviously they got to sell, you know, sell tickets too, right?
1: Yeah, I kind so. of find that that one interesting at in the linebacker position because they've listed out left inside linebacker and right inside linebacker. Now, those in our team that probably like in our BTSC team that look over, you know, look over a lot of film and stuff might disagree with me on this. But like uh, to me with the Steelers, like, you know, I think you got to be really versatile and it depends on the play and it depends how the offense is stacked up, but I'm kind of surprised they listed like inside linebacker, like left inside linebacker and right inside linebacker. And I feel like that's a way of again, creating that controversy because if you look at it like that, we've got three people listed at <laughs> to start at, you know, inside linebacker. It's pretty funny. Um, what I did think though was cool was that Trey Norwood was listed as free safety ahead of Kazee. And then I thought that it was cool with Hayward listed in the top three. Now, as I said, like we've got to take real stock. I don't know if this is really a, this is anything to go by, but I think that might send him a message of, Hey, you're getting in the mix, um, you know, kind of keep it up. But, it, you know, Miles Killeber is listed as the third free safety and we all know he's more of a strong safety. So I don't know. I, I just, I, I can't wait to see when we get off air not that I want to get off, you know, the show or anything like that. But I can't wait to see, you know, social media overreact to a, a pointless depth chart.
0: Oh, it, it will 100. And it's even to this, this, the same cause too, where you know, even going into week one versus the Bengals, that the depth chart might be what it is, but they might not start that way. You know, so they might start uh, five wide, and maybe Najee doesn't get the start. You know, what I'm saying doesn't really mean too much. I, I I'd rather see and, and watch them you know schematically to see how they come out i'm more intrigued about that if they go into yeah. using the fullback more if they're using um who's going out there on the first team defense to stop the run and second play and third play in the rotation order I, li- I like that aspect but on the defensive side i did like the defensive line how that was kind of cut up a bit there's ogunjobi aulu cam uh Laudle milk wormley and um Mon- uh Mondow the other dude Montrevious Adams behind so that that looks yeah. to me like that's that's the six that's going to that's going to rotate all the time uh so I like that stuff but it's what we do it, it, I think it's what we do as fans and as now social media is like 100% all the time so yeah uh, and, and we're talking about it right so but it's interesting like uh, it's it's cool even when you know you and I play Madden it's like okay where where do I where am I plays and and who am I going to play with so um yeah. There was another one there, I think. There was another a spot there. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Um, there might have been they were sharing a position. Was it cornerback? No.
1: Uh cornerback. Um yes, Levi and Kello.
0: Right.
1: So that's so this. Yeah, so they're sharing one. So
0: what what's the reasoning? But I think these? that's
1: more of a like to me that reads as because they're both the left side cornerback. To me, that's a... Right who's jockeying for number one on the cornerback chart. That's a way of not having to deal with that conversation, if that makes sense. And also to a certain point, who who decides this depth chart? Would it
0: be Mike Tomlin? Who, like who who writes this stuff? You know, surely Tomlin... I don't know, but Gano Shevsky.
1: like, I mean, even if you look at this, like the whole thing's laid out weird, right? Like have wide receiver and just have all like the, you know, eight something positions or whatever. Like don't have you know, wide receiver in the top column and then down the bottom of the there's offense, three, right? you've got another two, you know, rows of yeah. wide receiver. Like, it's frustrating. You don't even label them left and right. Yeah, there's well, three wide receiver positions and they're like the depth on, on what
0: behind that. And how do you decide who's behind Chase Quaybill? How do you decide who's behind Deontay Johnson? So it doesn't overly matter too much, but it's, it, is, it is a little bit of insight to see what's going to happen in the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I guess we should quickly talk about it. Any thoughts, feelings, reactions to the Deontay Johnson contract? Oh, mate, it's definitely a win win, I think. DJ
0: wins and the Steelers win. So, there was no to me, there was no real drama that came out of it. Like, yes, he had yeah. in a bit and didn't do, you know, it wasn't really a Le'Veon Bell situation. Um, he went to camp and, and then the deal's done. And now I think both parties are very happy, they should be very happy. Like, 18 million dollars. Like oh man, that season, like it's good. Like it's, it's um yeah. It's I think cool we got away. Look,
1: I think we got away cheaply. I would have liked to have seen. My thing was, if they were going to re-sign him, I kind of sense somewhere, and they should do it for three years. It's a bit of a Hunter Renfro contract, but I think it's really the still's got a good deal out of it. I think mean, the sweetener for him, and if you looked at the money that I was talking about over three years, um, but having a higher guaranteed. Amount of money within that within that contract. That's kind of how they structured this two year one. I look. I still don't like. I grew. I'm not going to move from what I said last week. I don't like this. I'm getting at the end of my rookie year. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to sit out my last year of my my season, or I'm not going to train properly unless you. Or, or not train properly is unfair, but I'm not going to train and full participate unless you sign a new contract. I think that should all come. I think there should be certain windows that this gets done, and I don't. I don't think it should be before the season. That's just what I. Maybe it's by the the, the team's bye week each season, or there's a certain deadline, like the trade deadline. You know, like, I. I, I, You know, no one goes, like, no one goes to their employer and says, like, yes, you can ask for a pay rise. That's one thing. But, you know, you sign a a con. That's the difference. It's a contract. And what you sign in a contract is what you deliver in a contract. Like, it's not an ongoing contract. It's a fixed year contract. That's what you play to. I just. I don't know. Just well, it's gonna watch.
0: happen happen next year too with Chase Claypool, right? Because he's going into, into his last year, so that'll be probably the exact same scenario. Do they sign him for the next year? He's or not done, or... he's
1: not done what DJ's done. Like I and I invite people, I know there's a lot of us on BTSC and we'll, we'll encourage you to go back and listen to the shows. But um, if you've got any even if now that we've got the numbers for Deontay, this week on War Room, I compared him to five other wide receivers, Devo Samuel, Tyreek Hill. Hunter Renfro, D.K. Metcalf, and Terry McLaurin. Now, I I had Tyreek Hill in there as a bit of a control, but the rest of the wide receivers were all drafted in the same year as DJ, and three of them were drafted after DJ. And you look at the deals that they have signed and what they have done in the league, and he's kind of third or fourth amongst those five Mm. in most categories. One couple of categories, he's number two. And so they sign for bigger money, and you sit there and go, everyone goes, oh, is this best route runner in the league, or is it the top 12, or is this, or is that? But it's funny, like, he's kind of good across the board. Like, he's just a really good all-rounder when you look at these 2019 wide receivers. Not necessarily the best in any area. So, but then I also caution that with rookie year. Like, he was playing with Devlin, Dark Hodges, and Mason Rudolph, you know, who hadn't really had any time to learn the offense. So, you know, I, I'll back to, I'm excited for DJ. It means that the next two years of Trubisky or year of Mason, or they, they still could re-sign Mason, like, I don't. Know if we're going to get into that debate today, um, or at least you know, pick um, Pickett will have a wide receiver that has been in the system a long time, and that is a very good route runner, which means he's going to be able to get open. He's going to be in the right spot at the right time. So, yeah, good all round. Um, now, yeah. getting back to the defense, I liked what um, Steeler Nation four one two brought up around could Devin Bush get cut after the preseason? I'm well, sure we'll played a little bit but his (laughs) his opinion Spillane and Jack are more useful players. But he also said, I do still think we should give Bush one more year. I want to get your opinion on this, Mark. I mean, for me, you're not going to cut Devin Bush because he's still on a rookie contract, but you could trade him, right? If there's an injury for someone else, like I don't want him to be traded. I think Devin Bush can bounce back. I think it would be silly not to give him the chance to do that. Mm -hmm. Considering all the time we gave Bud Dupree to perform, um, so, yeah, how, how does that make you feel when you read something like that? Uh, I don't think
0: I don't think you get traded or, or get cut. But the thing is, like, I haven't seen enough. The only footage I've seen recently of Devin Bush was playing last year, so via game. So I would like to see him. You know, maybe in preseason. Uh, will, will he even play? Will he even play preseason? I'm not even sure. Maybe he will. But I think we'll see the first I think few Bush games play a lot in
1: preseason. I think we'll see less of Jack and more of Bush. Right, Devin Bush and Robert
0: Spillane working together, and maybe yeah. that's going to be the competitive drive to be like, well, who's going to get the the number one spot because they are sharing that depth chart, so there probably is something to that, uh, and maybe that's why the Miles Jack came in to replace Devin Bush. Who knows? But for me, I haven't seen enough like Twitter videos of the training camp or, or stuff like that to see, you know, and I, I guess too, you got to w- wait until game table, like when you know the players actually play another opponent. Do so I think to, to, to really evaluate, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do, but I'm not going to throw him against the wall straight away. if He's not performing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. No, totally. Totally. I think the, the thing for me about Jack and Bush too, is like, if Jack goes, like if you cut or trade Bush, if Jack goes down, who's that super fast linebacker that you've got? Yeah, that's right. No one's. Um, I was
0: drinking water. I was trying to make a joke. I was going to say Spillane, but now the joke's done. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. We should
1: get like, you know, we should encourage him. Maybe like BTSC, we could have like bring back Bush. You know, like his and have his rookie year underneath it or something like that. Well,
0: there's honestly, honestly, there's a lot of pressure for Devin Bush this year because like of how poor he played last year, and he didn't have no trust in that in that knee or the the, 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 his legs. He just he just didn't look like he wanted to be there. He looked a bit lost. Right. So I, I, I just, decided the thing to see- for me,
1: like I, I I don't know. I want to get your opinion on this, particularly as someone that like loved the older team, you know, the teams from mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the early two thousands into twenty ten. Exactly. Um like we are so quick to dismiss players after one year as Steeler fans, like you look at Polamalu and Haywood and we've done it with Dotson and I'm not saying Dotson's in that class. We're doing it with Devin Bush. Like, I mean the college game, like anyone that's actually watched any and like NCAA football, like or college football, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's such a different game. Like I kind of, and, and they're pros. Like there's a reason why guys play into their thirties and we talk about veteran moves and how Joe Hayden, even though he's lost speed, was still able to be a top cornerback over the last couple of years. I just wonder whether we have to temper our expectations. I mean, like, you know, when someone moves from being in a college or any sort of tertiary situation into a job, like they're never going to be great from the outset. It's going to take them a couple of years to learn how to be a professional, to get things right. Let alone if they're injured. Like, I I just, I don't know. I, I think sometimes we, I know it's all about winning, don't get me wrong. Like you have got to have the guys in there that are performing and, and are in form, and I think mean, they should make. Sometimes I think that we were too slow to make changes at positions, um, you know, in professional sport, and including the Steelers. But like, yeah, I don't know what are, you, what are your thoughts on this because I feel like as much fans, we just we just go nut. That guy's not it, you know.
0: <laughs> well, to a certain degree, what we're going into the the news, the new social norm is instant gratification, which exactly. is like we need we need to know. Um, something happens you know like right now like like i want this I want, I want them to win the super bowl now right and when i was growing up watching the game the steelers when i was younger 2004 2005 2006 i didn't even probably even go on the on the, the internet to look at the the positions or the preseason or whatever i would just watch them play when i saw them every week and watch them play and then i would learn the team that way but we as we have so much access to the team now like you count how many steelers youtube channels there are and how many steelers podcasts there are there's probably over 200, uh, I would say, lot, uh, big ones like BTSC and small ones uh, all over the shop. But it's like we need to know like the depth chart right now. We need to know if Bush isn't playing, then cut him. And I I, I do fear that this happens like with the quarterbacks too. If uh, if Mitch doesn't want to play, it doesn't play well, cut him. If Kenny Pickett doesn't want to play well, cut him. But it does, it's not how it works in the football world, right? The, Coach Tom and those guys don't care for, for our opinions. They want to go out there and try and win. They're not trying to please uh, to please us. They're, they're trying to please the the owners and and get a successful team. But instant gratification is what we're faced with nowadays. Is do you get red red notification? Boom, here we go. Okay, like you, we need to know everything all the time, which is it, it, it could be a blessing and a curse at the same time.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Do you watch? You watched last night's rugby league game of Manly, the team that we. I did. Miami, oh right? man, right. mate, right. I was so pumped up. You notice a guy in that game, tall than everyone else, Sean Lane. He was number eleven for the yep. for the Parramatta yep. Eagles that they played. Sean Lane used to. I don't know. Do you remember that he used to play for our team. And so, listeners, basically, this guy is having an amazing – he's having a really good season in his position, like a really good season. And, like, he, he plays a role kind of like the tight end. Um, you could almost imagine him as a – it's a bit gentry-like in a way, but, you know, imagine big him, you know only being as good as, like, a Kevin, a Kevin Rader, for example, for, like, his whole career through 10 years, moves around, journeyman with different teams – And this year, he's one of the best players in the league at his position. And he tore apart, you know, Mark and my team last night. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's just one of those stories where, like, the reason I bring it up is relevant. It's like, we can just close the door on some players. And who knows what they're going to do later on. You know, like...
0: It's so true. If they struggle in one game or two games, we say fire that guy. It's the same. same Look at Bettis. Look at Bettis.
1: He had good years for the (laughs) the Rams and then they drafted another guy and then traded him for the Steelers. And like, what did that other guy do? I think he made the Pro Bowl the first or second year and then did nothing after that. Like, I I just, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. It's it's
0: Well, it's all about progression for me. Like the reason why I follow the team is yes, I want to see them win the Super Bowl. But at the same time, I follow the stories of Cameron Hayward, of T.J. Watt, of, of Najee Harris, and their progression. I like uh. seeing that stuff to see where where they started, where they, how many yards they've gone, gone, and how and and, and players like um, even I don't know uh, Zutzka, whatever his name is. Like, will he make the roster this year? But he's had he's been a hard time going here, there, and everywhere. You know, it's it's just it's not just all about you know did they win because at the end goal is winning, but we follow the team to support the team, I think, and that comes with it. And then we've, if Devin Bush um doesn't play very well, we're straight onto him, right? Straight on to him. But if he comes out this year, there'll be a lot of guys saying, Oh, you know, I, I always thought he was um pretty good, but you, you hated him last year.
1: You know? 100, 100. I like the amount of people that I hear, oh, don't even don't even start me. Like, I just You know, Kevin, this is, you know what could happen, right? Let's just say, let's say Kevin Dotson. I meant to say Kendrick Green before when I was comparing the players as well when I was talking about guys that we went out on after the first year. But like, you know, Kevin Dotson, God forbid, you know, might get injured, right? And then Kendrick Green will be in there. He will play really well or he'll like, because he's got that Mueller attitude. He'll like smash someone on the the defensive side, like put them on their ass kind of thing. And the next thing you know, everyone's like, oh, we love Kendrick Green. Man, look at Spillane. Right, No one thought anything of Spillane. He does one big hit on Derrick Henry. They Everyone's love him like, oh, I always knew Spillane was a big hitter and he was good for this deep. Nate, come on. You know, this well, team, I, I'm like, the... Vincenzo Williams, same thing. Like, come on. Oh, man. Vince Williams was
0: amazing. I'm the same with Claypool, though, right? Because I've, I've had my thoughts of Claypool about how he's not... Uh, yeah, but different. You and I at receivers. the start
1: were fans of Claypool. There's a difference there. We talked a lot about the impact that Claypool could have.
0: I was okay. Like, well, I, like,
1: I was okay with
0: him, but like I just think he's not a really he doesn't feel like a receiver, he doesn't feel like a top 20 receiver. He's just a guy out there playing football, what it seems to me. He's not like he's not like a Deontay Johnson or a pickens like, like turning in routes and grabbing the footballs out of the air and coming down and making like football like, like receiver plays. But I put a lot on that. But now if Claypool goes out there and, and, and actually blows it away. I'll be happy for the guy. But also, I'll put my hand up and say I did bag him out a few times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I will be honest. <laughs> I bagged him out a few times and he's going to be successful. So it's it's the constant bashing, I think, of the players in, in the defense too or wherever they are, no matter who they are. If you t- to tell them how bad they are and then cut them, cut them, cut them, but only on a sh- short spurt, right? Only in a short spurt. And the, the, the example of Bud Dupree is fantastic, right? Gotcha. But no one liked Bud Dupree. And then he came out, and then everyone said, well, why are we getting rid of Bud Dupree?
1: <laughs> what about James Harrison, right? Like, <laughs> so we look back at Harrison, like, you know, a go- you know, a lot of people look at him like a god. and That's people- me. I-, I know, I know, I know, I know. Just because <laughs> enthusiasm. All uh, I'm going to say, though, is, that, like, where, where were we at on him? Like, I think we've got to have a bit more faith in the Steelers. Like, especially Mike Tomlin, never had a losing season. <laughs> like, I'm just... Yeah, it just—it strikes me as really funny with this stuff. I mean, I, just on Claypool, and we do have to get back to defense. It's so funny when you and I want to talk about offense, we always talk about defense, and then when we want to talk about defense, we end up yeah, that's about so offense. weird. But I agree with you on Claypool. But I—I I think this is this was my fear when he got drafted. I, I think the guy is a, you know, receiving tight end really, and he could demolish the league if they put him into that position. Yeah. Um, and that and that's where he should focus. I think that's where it's got a long-term career. He could play for another 15 years if he wanted to, but um it's not All right. what they're doing.
0: Let, let me break it down, let me break it down for y'all, okay, with my <laughs> bad accent. Okay. What it comes what it comes down to really, when you really think about it, is just enjoy the season. Like, to be exactly. honest, just, just, enjoy, just enjoy the just enjoy the bloody season. Like, okay, you might hate this guy, you might think he's a bad quarterback, I might think Claypool's awful. But when they go to play the Bengals, you just want to see the team play well and play better than the opposition and enjoy the team and see them win. And, of course, watch the progression of the players. You want to see the trade Norwoods go from year one to year two and hopefully gain some skills and get better, right? I think it comes down to just enjoy it. And the more we nitpick everything and like, or Devin Bush can't play. He's awful. He's 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 this round bust. It doesn't really serve any purpose to to do these things besides the combat itself. It's like just to bring it up. But I think just overall we enjoy it and it's like we're we, we are watching 90 players going to 53 very soon and that to me is exciting. It's sad for 37 of them, but it's exciting for the 53. I think I do that right. Well,
1: and, and what you said there is vital, right? Because this week, on just to close out Devin Bush, Miles Jack said something where he – And it's very telling. He said, I can't wait to play behind this defensive line. I've never, basically said, I've never played behind a defensive line like this. It's going to allow me to go to work. How many issues did we have on the defensive line last year because of injuries? A lot. Like, right? Devin Bush has come back from a knee injury and the defensive line is like bloody Swiss cheese. (laughs) So like, (laughs) you expect it to be a good result? Of course it's not going to be a good result. But then you look at the years that he did really well. And, you know, you had your it's in there. You had your Alawalu's, your Wormley's. You got your Bud Dupree and your TJ Watt in 2019. Like, think, we've got to think about the, the scenarios here that make it work or not work for inside inside linebackers. I mean, I talk a lot about or I have talked a lot about Luke Keekley And he, he talks about how much easier his job was the year that Carolina made the Super Bowl in 2015, I think it was, there against the Broncos. Because the, you look at the defensive line they had, they played really good football. Like, and it just makes such a difference. But I want to go to the cornerback position, because like that's a really interesting one for the Steelers this mm-hmm. year. There's no necessarily consensus number one. Um, is there anything that you've seen since training camp started or heard or what have you that's shifted your opinions about how we're sitting at cornerback, who, who are the the guy, who we should really be thinking about as being the most important cornerback. Yeah, I want to know your thoughts about the cornerback. Room. Well,
0: the the big question probably is, are we healthy at the moment? Because I know that Cameron Sutton had a knee injury yesterday. Um, I haven't heard too many reports on that besides mm-hmm. he had that something happened to his knee. He was, I think he may have been carted off or he was walking on the, the sideline. I'm not too sure. I did hear, I heard one report that it was carted off. And I saw another article that he was walking on the sideline carrying his helmet. You not know, oh, Chris Carter.
1: So, interrupt. Chris Carter should have a column in his Pittsburgh Post Gazette now. It's like called "Cartered Off." <laughs> it's just an injury, <laughs> <laughs> mate. You, you
0: now you're giving him an idea if he listens. That's not a, that's not a bad idea at all. I oh, know it's a
1: great idea. I should I should shoot between this. If someone he, really he, just he claims that, I'm gonna be really upset. But anyway, yeah. Um, well, he's I'm he's
0: sure. gonna join. He's gonna join. He, that guy works everywhere. Like like he works all over the shop, man. But
1: that, yeah, hey, hey, sorry. Not, back to Sutton. Sorry, I interrupted you. I yeah, just, we'll talk we'll about that off that air. That, that's
0: that's <laughs> not a bad idea. Um, yeah. But to be honest. Like the the health issue is is Levi Wallace has been sick or something with the flu or something like that. Uh, I haven't seen too much of yeah. And and Sutton had a bit of a bit, bit of a knee injury. So secondary. Uh, it's kind of interesting too because no, no, cornerback, 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 cornerback. Oh, or well, cornerback, cornerback in in general, right? Who's who's like well, Akilah Witherspoon's going into his year two, and we only we only acquired With him the halfway. Through the se- the Steelers, yeah, 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 halfway through the season. So, yeah. no Joe Hayden. I guess like you said, there's no veteran leadership there. But I and we haven't seen anything at Wallace, so I, I don't, I can't really comment too much to be honest because I don't, I don't I haven't seen. We
1: well, you know the, the, Wallace was one of the. Um, according to Next gen stats, he was one of the top leagues' top ten, or going to become a top ten coverage cornerback in the league. So that's pretty interesting when you think about what, <clears throat> what William Witherspoon did as well, right? Which shows why we need Cam Sutton in the slot. Yeah, uh,
0: well, Cameron Sutton. To me, hopefully, he's okay because I think he's a he's a vital piece for this defense. Um, I saw it was the piece on the Pittsburgh Steelers.com like a, you know a month ago talking about communication and getting everyone together. And I think that's mm. the, the defense needs a communication. He's talking to yeah. not only his cornerbacks, he's talking to the linebackers, he's talking to Minka. And I think him being a, a a guy on the defense now, like you know, he's almost like you know uh up near TJ Watt, Cameron Haywood, or Minka, kind of like he's, he's 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 yeah, he's just as important, right? So he went down, but. Who's going to be the tone setter? I guess for the, the the secondary, will it be Wallace? But we haven't seen, you know, Wallace play for the Steelers yet. So that's probably one of the, the newest parts I'd say too for the Steelers defense is that is that is the the cornerback room.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I'm excited for Chris Steele. <laughs> I was really excited for him in the draft. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Hopefully, he can beat out Pierre and Lane, who I've never been a real fans of. So um, that's for me with the, with the cornerback. Um, how about the, how about outside linebacker? Is there anything there? Like, cause I feel like obviously it's TJ Watt and Highsmith, but I feel like we haven't really heard or seen a lot, which I think the preseason is no. really big for out of the depth pieces there. Like I really liked the Avery pickup. I think that as a guy that can play inside and out, I think is such an important depth piece. Um, I'm kind of keen to see what he can do in this, especially in this defense. Like come preseason.
0: Well, I was going to say, like, out of the stuff that you know uh, that I try and research for the show or just for the, the Steelers in general, I haven't seen too many, too many articles, no matter where you'd find your stuff, if it's on BTSC <laughs> or or other other avenues. I haven't seen too uh, many things, too many, too many news pieces on the outside linebacker besides those two, those two players. Because you're right. Because we see what what could, Z- I can never pronounce the name. Zutzka can do right. Avery looks looks like a like a beast on the outside, but can he back up behind highest before TJ? And maybe well, I mean, the he's, and the he's game. got
1: like seven. And a half, he's got seven and a half sacks in his career so far. Twenty four quarterback hits, eleven tackles for a loss. Like you know, he hasn't really played. Like he didn't play in twenty nineteen. He you know, sorry, he did play in twenty nineteen. like, But he only played ten games. Only played eleven games in twenty twenty. Like he hasn't only comp- completed a full season last year and the year before. But he's not been necessarily the starter. So like. Yeah, I think he's an interesting player for this team.
0: Well, let's let's I'm just looking at the depth chart now to see what yeah. uh the team cuz I actually didn't see what they what they reckon. So, behind TJ Watt is Janata Avery apparently to according to steals.com, so that's your that's the the, the 100% source. And yeah. Derek Zuska is behind Highsmith and then there goes Delonte Scott and my mate Tuzar skipper. Yeah, so,
1: so that tells you that Tuzar there Skipper's you go. not making the squad see you later, alligator. I mean Don't he's forget. a pre season
0: he He's gonna come out this year and, and just go uh,
1: i never I'm never gonna let this go. Quincy Rocher, massive fail on the Steelers part. Mistake, Kevin Colbert.
0: We're not talking about Rocher, mate. You're living in the past. We've got to skip it back. You're living in the past. We've got two stars <laughs> to <football, man. You're laughs> <moving.
1: laughs> right, Oh, on this early in the You go and
0: support man. you go and support the Broncos or wherever wherever the guy went. Where'd he go?
1: He went to Giants.
0: Yeah, go support them if you love him that much, right? Mate, I'm here for Skipper. I'm here for the
1: Steelers. I'm the Steelers Skipper. Okay, well then, choose the our Skipper can't be a Steelers Skipper, then can he? I just <laughs> no. uh, nah. They should no, make him. They should make him. That's a lie. Everyone still goes on about Bud Dupree. Let's to support the Titans. Mm-hmm. No, that's
0: that's ridiculous. Mm. They they should make him uh, captain Skipper. Isn't that what we call? Our, isn't that what we call our skippers in Australia? I mean, like our well, captains. Why? Well, because
1: he's Skipper isn't that the name of a cap, Like a the nickname for a captain on a ship.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: he should be captain. He should be the <laughs> be... captain. Really? Oh no! The Steelers oh. sideline last year. He, okay, he was. Yeah, a fan. thank you, I, Brian I, Brown. The guy had proven production in college. That is a consensus number one reason why you draft plays. It's the Steelers methodology, and we just forgot that he'd had like 40 sacks. I mean, absolute joke. Like, I'm
0: oh, not, not arguing with you. I'm just saying, skip oh, no. the
1: mean He had more production than friggin'. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I didn't swear then from frigging Highsmith. Come on, man. Uh, sorry. Oh, God. Uh, I'm okay. never going to let that go. I'm just never going to drop that. It was such a mistake. It's not funny. And then we struggled for depth the whole year and like Tutska didn't do anything. Like, I...
0: Well, it's probably still could be a mistake, really, when you think about it, because if it, maybe we need to see Gennady every step up and those guys, because we probably do need someone behind, at least one
1: person or one player behind Highsmith and TJ. Like, you know what, though? I would like to see in certain sets if they could even try a Devin Bush or Miles Jack there on certain plays. Just, like, have have a... You know, like, in the NBA, sometimes you'll have a um a, a squad that's, like, a, like... You'll have a version of your team, like a team sheet that's, like, big men or three-point shooters or, you know, but guys for the free throw at the end of the game if it's tight. I kind of like to see, like... A super fast defense, and like when you're playing one of the more average teams in the well, league or whatever, you've got them on like third and long. You just send out like the fastest guys you've got that can actually, you know, play in that position of the scheme and just hell for leather at the, at the quarterback.
0: Well, who who's our who's helping our linebackers coach? Brian Flores. Exactly. And look, look what he did. Look what he did last year with the Miami Dolphins. So maybe there might be new schemes. That's probably why too. It doesn't really matter about the depth chart because. Uh, schematically, they're going to come out all different kinds of places everywhere. Like sometimes TJ Watt lines up as middle linebacker. You know, it's just let him play. Let them go play.
1: Well, I, I again, I said this earlier on in the year. I talked about this, uh, um, I think, in last year's preseason on Warroom. I am also interested to see how um, if the Steelers can do anything in the fourth row. I think that could be a little wrinkle for them in the defense if they had a f- few more 4-3 schemes that could really help them at different times, um, particularly when you've got guys like Leal and Oak and Joby and, um, you know, a, a, a outside linebacker the size of TJ Watt as well. Like, I, I think that there's opportunities for them to, to go and do that. Um, so I think that's another interesting element to the way that this defense is, has built up. Um, is there a player on this Still, his defense now, um, and it could be a guy that's going to be fourth or fifth piece on the depth chart. But is there one player that you're like, no one's on this guy? He's the he's the dark horse. Like he's going to have a really big impact this season. Mm-hmm. And I I've, I've got a gut feel you're going to say the player that I'm I'm going to say. But um, yeah, who, who's that guy? Ah,
0: uh, well, it's not it's not Skipper. Um, uh, this one's maybe an easier one though. Maybe a, uh, Hey on. Oh boy. Maybe a Zire Lauder Milk. Maybe. Oh yeah. Okay. I wasn't going to say him. Okay. Mm. Maybe he might have a better go this year. He definitely bulked up. Uh, he definitely looks more competitive out there. I think that him going to the second year, he might have a better go to be like make some plays out there. Um, but he's not really that far of a fourth or fifth kind of guy that you ask me the question. So no, no, no. He doesn't have the... to be a fourth or fifth guy. It just—it's who's that outs- Who's that outsider that they're in? There? Well, he's—he's he's a, a bit, bit outside. there, there kind of—he's playing behind or the the first team defense. He'll be playing second most likely. Um, <laughs> and Jared was is Marcus Allen, which is
1: Jared was like. J- I, J- I, can I tell that I'm in a fly ski mood today. He's like, let's, I, see, I, how, I, let's I, see how hard we can poke the bear.
0: That, that is interesting. Or, you know, as well, maybe, you know, a guy that I kind of, I kind of thought maybe if they use Carl Joseph, if he sneaks onto the roster too at the safety position, but it depends where he can go because apparently DeMonte or uh, DeMonte Carzee has been killing it. So, where really and he's Ed, a good Ed's, player,
1: he's a really good player,
0: right? So, these kind, of, these kind of guys can probably excel in the preseason, but I think at some areas, maybe besides cornerback, we have a lot of depth that because safety looks pretty fun right now, looks like a real good time.
1: Because the player for me is Trey Norwood. <laughs> Trey Norwood's going a really yeah. good year, right? Like he was, even in preseason last year, there are plays where he's he's there, but he's just not there. Like he's picked it up just a little bit like, you know, slower. And if he'd been there like half a second early, I know it's like ifs and buts and whatever's, but it's kind of like, if you um if you play Madden, there's the play recognition stat, right? It's like he had all like good stats, but his play recognition was like a fifty or sixty out of a hundred, and now I think it'll be like a seventy, you know, plus kind of thing. But like it um yeah, I think tra- I think Trey Norwood, this Swiss Army knife secondary cornerback, different schemes, different plays. I yeah, and I I'm interested to see if he's put on, and if anyone's been to training camp or they've seen a photo that they think definitely you know, shows this, please let me know. I didn't seem to see whether he's put on any yeah. weight as well. I thought he was a little bit small last year. I thought he needed like 10 pounds or so, without as long as it doesn't slow him up. Here's a good, here's a good point to where I was saying before how we should just enjoy
0: the game, right? If we can just go there and enjoy the game and watch the progress of Trey Norwood from year one to year two, and progress of Isaiah Lalamilk from year one to year yep. two, that's exactly why I watch football and why I watch Steelers. He's, yes, I want to see him win, but same time, TJ Watts and Minkers and Cams are doing their thing. Let them go and do their thing, right? But when you see when you see guys like Trey Trey Norwood go out there and absolutely kill it and pick off routes and and get involved in the play and pass deflections, and you know when you're watching as a fan, you're like, "Wow, he's pretty good. He's good this year. He's good this year." That's when you that's when you start to really get behind these players. And I think that's and where the instant gratification really messes everything up is, well, you know, he he. he He missed a pass or he got burnt on one route. Cut him. You can't cut everyone. (laughs) That's it. it. You've got
1: 53 players. (laughs) But I agree with you. I lived below Marcus in college and we always knew when they were were at practice because our apartment wasn't shaking from the music he was. (laughs) (laughs) How's that guy still on the team?
0: How can can he he get
1: across a playbook if that's what you... No, don't, I'm not going there. I want to have a good, I want to finish the show nicely over the next five, 10 minutes. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not going. He not. hasn't really changed. That's a guy too. He hasn't really
0: changed that much since since entering the, the league with the steal. How,
1: how is he getting paid more than Terrell Edmonds? If I was Terrell Edmonds, I'd be holding out. <laughs> You're like, no, I wouldn't have signed that deal. I just waited for someone to get injured in training camp.
0: Sorry, he's he, he is the one there. I'm like he, he doesn't look big enough to be a, a linebacker. I've seen the way that he, he plays. He's, not. you know, he doesn't look like fast enough to be a corner, or uh maybe yeah, can't cover that well in the backfield. It's like he's the one of players. Like there you go. He's nice. That's probably yeah. Why and he's that's a nice cool. dude. Like, as I said, it's not <laughs> a slight.
1: It's not a slight on the human being. I just. <laughs> Like, I actually, if you actually go back and listen to when Mark and I started and only on the audio side, I defended Marcus Allen a lot from a lot of criticism. I've just got to a point where, like, I I just, anytime I see him on the field, I'm just not convinced. Just not
0: maybe they, maybe they, the coach Dorman can't cut him because he's just such a nice guy, you know, just so,
1: and of course, it could be a locker room guy. And McCullough's or- sending the naked photos.
0: Yeah, well, it it could be it could be a locker room guy. I don't know. That's like I just don't think he really fits his style. Fine right, on defense. the practice squad.
1: I just don't think he on the fifty three is it just an abomination. That's I'm saying. We'll see. Uh, actually, I'm really, that's probably, a bit far. i might be a little bit far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Classic. Is there anyone on this defense that you think anyone's high on, and they might have misplaced their faith in that person? Okay. As in, as in, as in, too, as in, too, as in too high. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like people like, oh, this guy's mm. gonna change the defense, and it's not like oh, to, to a certain degree, it could
0: be Levi Wallace because we haven't really seen him play with the Steelers. And I've actually yeah, been pretty high on Levi on Levi. Yeah, Wallace, I was gonna to say interesting you say that yeah, right? too. Yeah. I like I like I like Levi Wallace what he did in the Bills, and the Bills have a culture that turned the football over, like like they just do. They know how their secondary is really is fantastic, right? So he's come yep. from there to maybe come to the Steelers and be number one, take over. Um, so he might be where I'm too high on him, and then he just absolutely just does nothing. But at the same time, like he hasn't played with the Steelers just yet. So Levi Wallace would maybe be up there. Um, I think you know, no, 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 no. Scratch that. Tyson Oluulu might be the number
1: one guy. Interesting, because I uh, mm. for me, it's Larry O. I love Larry O, ah, o right? I okay. talked about bringing Larry O in like February, March, way before he was on anyone's radar, right? And and I said that the Day after he got um, the, the the medical failed with Chicago. Not because I think Lario is gonna be poor, but I think Larry O might have a I'm hoping he doesn't, right? And I hope I'm hoping even by saying this he comes out week one and you know Joe Burrow's faces in the dirt as you would like to say, Mark. Yeah. But I can see Lario taking a few weeks to get used to this Steelers defense as well, right? So he might have a slower start, like we're all expecting like a two-it like performance straight away that might be a little bit unfair of an expectation
0: well well, what about the the player Lulu I just brought up I I, I've been on pretty high on him coming coming back but he's 35 years old Uh, does he overly fix the run defense by being the nose tackle is he the 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 five-star five-star player that we want to fix that play so maybe I'm too high on him to where it's not just about bringing back a Lulu it's having the rotation pieces there and for people to help to help him out but he is thirty-five or thirty-six years old, and probably his last year with the Steelers. So, that veteran leadership—sure, he's, he's a good player, but maybe I'm too high on him to where I, I think he's a pro—you know, Pro Bowler.
1: Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Is there and anything was, else that you wanted to talk about with the defense before we close out the show?
0: Well, where do we start? Are we going all the way back to you know Troy, the Troy days in two thousand four? We starting from there, or you just gonna <laughs> stick with the two? <laughs> To two thousand two, are we
1: talking about when? uh you All know, right, if you L- if you could pick one Woodley. player, if you could put one player from that defense, and from two thousand and eight to, to, to two thousand and ten, and put them in this team, oh. who would it be? I'd probably, you know, I'd pick. I'd probably pick Lawrence
0: Timmons. I'd pick Lawrence Timmons, Law Dog, and I'd pa- pair him up with uh no, what is like like faster, <laughs> not near yeah. really the end of the days, right? And pair him up with Miles Jack because he's a, he's a thumper and he can and he can cover. I, I used to love the way he played. So middle linebacker, I would pick him there. But at the same time, you could probably go maybe some corners too. Um, who would you pick?
1: T- oh, like part of me would like to say like Ike, but he was coming toward the end there. Uh, to me, honestly, just gut straight out. If if you ask me, like off the cuff like that, um, Lamar Woodley, I think him on the other side. True, he was, Watt, he was right. Other side from TJ Watt oh. with Highsmith to spell them. I think is a really interesting mix. I think. You know, we all want to say Polomalu, but I don't know whether how you got Minka on this defense would. What, that's what I mean. I, I feel like that would Minka wouldn't be able to do what he does, right? And I think inside linebacker, if Devin Bush is 2019, Devin Bush, with Miles Jack fired up, like I like that. I like that in the middle, right? And then we've already got like Cam Haywood. I like Ogan Joby. Um, like part of me, you know, you sort of sit down and you go, Do you, would you go Casey Hampton? But I feel like we've got the end of Casey Hampton with Alawala if he's fit. So I just think if you brought Woodley in today with this team and you had Highsmith as the third guy or you allowed TJ to go into the middle at times as well, I just think it would be like, oh my God. Woodley was like one of the most underrated Steelers. I, even I really I, think even so, like
0: fans and NFL.
1: I agree. He like I, though. it's funny. Like over the last couple of years, when I've gone back and watched retro games, sometimes even though we watched them at the time, I he I had this thing, and I heard it from a legendary sports commentator. You know, in in another sport, where he talked about you obviously don't want someone ball watching, but if you watch a game and there's the player on the you know that's always around the around the football, you know, or around the ball in this particular sport and it's easier in the NFL because they've got their name on the back of the Jersey. Usually that player is going to be making an impact and not always because it doesn't always show up on the stat sheet, but they're doing things that help the team that are probably doing the dirty work as well. Like the, the you know, the, um, the work that doesn't get a lot of praise and you go back and look at the tape and like Woodley's always there. Like he's always there. Like, even if like someone's running back an interception, he's always there. And like, hearing from Tomlin on that Pivot podcast and the way that he basically went out there in the only person because the defense was shell-shocked in the Super Bowl that he could actually go out there and say, you need to make a play, was Woodley. Like, I, I agree with you. I-, I think we need to look back on this and-, and really give Woodley some of the praise that he deserves because, yeah, like, and I just think he would up-level this defense just straight away. I mean, he had 58 sacks as well. We've got to remember that. Yeah. And 57 of those were in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> Like
0: I, I, th- you I think you only played was- nine
1: year career. You only had a nine year career, 103 quarterback hits, 73 tackles for a loss. Like yeah,
0: he's a pretty outstanding player. I think he was even involved in the run back with Debo Harrison. I think he was He was. One of the la- that's what I mean. One like of you last see that blocks. in that
1: game, and yeah, yeah, And he yeah, was on the on the mean. left
0: hand, he was on the left hand side, <laughs> came over all the way to do one of the last exactly. blocks to get to get Harrison into the end zone. Exactly. Yeah, Woodley was a football player and I, it, it was just perfect. It was just perfect timing. The way when he he was in that defense, the way that, I used to like the way he'd, he'd go and sack Jack uh Jack Jack Flacco,
1: <laughs> Joe Joe Flacco. Mate, I might He's get I might get a Woodley jersey. I've been mean, thinking about him my next jersey. Yeah, is it's, a it's, a a cool, it's a cool it's a cool name. Woodley jersey, fifty six too. He was a good
0: player. Like I think yeah, a lot of lot of lot of people forget about him. The NFL didn't talk about him at all. To be honest, the NFL didn't care about him. But uh he was. He was great to watch. Welcome to the Lamar Woodley show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really like
1: that. I really like Jack Jersey, though. Yeah, let's
0: get them all, mate. You know who to, you know who to talk to. You talk to Bad.
1: Uh, yeah, I yeah like, I don't know. I reckon we should get a BTSC shirt that's got, like, a offensive line once he smack like, he has a really good game. Whoever that team is, all, like, lined up like a wooden plank, and you got Miles Jack like, jacking it up like a car. There's, there's there's, another idea you're giving to the internet. Stop giving them away. <laughs> i got this idea, right? Disney, <laughs> if you're listening, I had this idea and we, we joked about this when we were at Disneyland a couple of years ago. You know, they have the you know, the, the Mickey Mouse ears that everyone wears and they've got the different themed ones. You know, like there's even Star Wars ones now and Avengers ones, yeah. and Toy Story ones, all the rest of it. I don't understand how they haven't made ones that have like a snow globe in them, right? So like the, when you shake their head, like all the snow goes in, like imagine it was like, pla- like plastic, but it was like hollowed out and it was like a snow globe because it's like Christmas time and they made like a Christmas special Mickey Mouse ears. Anyway, so I said this to my fiance and she was like, Oh my gosh, like the spies of Disney are gonna like come up with this now. You've just made them like a hundred million dollars.
0: Well, I, I think actually, Jaredevil works for Disney, so I think is gonna go steal your idea.
1: Oh well, we've <laughs> said it here now live, it's recorded <laughs> on air <laughs> 45, however many thousand people will listen to it. Um, uh, Jadeville says, Yeah, never forgot Woodley's strip sack at the end of Super Bowl 43. Just beautiful stuff. All right. Well, with that, that wraps up this week's Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peveril with Marky Davison, as always. Go, Woodley. Uh, Go, Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> almost, hit, <laughs> almost didn't hit end broadcast again. <laughs> oh, how it
0: rips me, but love makes me live for
1: tomorrow.